0: It. Did you know you have rights? The Constitution says you do. And so do I. I believe until proven otherwise, every man, woman, and child should hear this podcast. And that's why we talk to you, Internet. Better squawks so.
1: <laughs> we are here to cover... The eighth episode of the final season of Better Call Saul. This episode was called Point and Shoot, and I'm sure we're gonna break that down because there are many, 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 many reasons that fits this episode. I am Blazy Gardner. I have with me today Rachel, Cosmo Mom 09, and Bridget, who is at Ain't My First Rodeo on Instagram and X Prophecy Girl on Twitter. And lurking in the shadows is our fearless leader, Dave Cameo.
0: I'm a baby. Oh no, it's (laughs) contagious.
1: (laughs) Today may be kind of short. Usually I have a lot of time to think about the episode, but I was in Michigan with Rachel this weekend, so leading up to the episode and following the episode, I have not had the headspace to think about it a whole lot. (laughs) Watched it three times and I'm still like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's, insert my theory here. Yes. Here's my, here's my theory. Start off with a bang. I read an article today from Den of Geek, and I apologize, person who wrote it, because I do not remember your name. The beginning of the article stated that the anxiety that this author felt for, like, the last month has been, like, up here, and and I was like, you know what? I don't want to say that all of my problems go back to television, because that's, like, really sad, But, but but I have to say, it left off on such a, like, devastating moment, and then you're left... Left for an entire month thinking about what's gonna happen and what's gonna go on next, what's gonna happen to Lalo and what's gonna happen to Kim and Jimmy. And is everybody gonna be okay? And is Howard really dead, or can you just slap a band-aid on that bitch? Like it's like it's like all of that stuff comes up, right? And so you're like waiting this entire time and also you're spending that time like mourning this loss of this character and that he's gone and and i'm gonna get to the point where i can deal with that and it's okay and i'm moving on and we're gonna move on and then you watch this next episode is like never mind you're gonna spend the entire episode focused on the fact that he's dead it's gonna make you super sad and it's gonna make you hella sad about other stuff because you're gonna get further into the episode and there's some things that happen that like relate back to breaking bad and it's like it was just all overall too much so like i'm with you on this like uh, like inability to process this episode it's not that it was a bad episode it was a, it was a great episode incredible but yeah it was awesome but it's like it's almost like too much like it was the break coming at that point was like too mm-hmm. much it left too much time to like sit and churn over this and over
1: and over and over and it was like too long of a period of time to do that one of the podcasts that i listened to because normally i would watch the episode several times and go back and watch some of the last few episodes you know and get a feel for everything but uh, i just haven't had time like i said or the headspace this week so i cheated and i listened to a couple of podcasts and, breakdowns and One of the things I suggested was it would have been better if this had been the episode where we had the break.
2: Oh, no, it's too satisfying. Because, but,
1: well, it, it is. It's you know because after that big shock, we've waited all this time. Now we expect another big shock. And I mean, frankly, Lalo getting killed was not a big shock. It was kind of what we all expected. We all expected Lalo to be killed in the super lab and be buried down there. Like so. Actually, I was I was watching something last night, and one of the commenters said, um, "By not subverting our expectations, they subverted our expectations." <laughs> <laughs> it's true
0: during my watch with you with you my my statement was why am i so stressed out i know that gus is gonna live so like why why am i freaking out right now
1: (laughs) we start with the opener which is on a beach one of the theories i threw out before the break was that they were going to make it look like a suicide but i didn't envision it that way i thought they would make it look like a suicide in the apartment i didn't i didn't even think about them cleaning it and moving it moving him somewhere else or making it look like they were moving him somewhere else But that that was a beautifully shot opener. Another opener where we have no dialogue or words of any kind or even actually any actual people in it. It's just landscape and and, uh, music.
2: Yeah.
3: Beautiful and sad. Oh, As soon as you see that shoe washing up in
1: the waves, I was
3: like, oh, 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 my (laughs) stomach. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Yeah. I was like, oh, that's what they're going to, oh, man.
1: It was filmed on a beach in Malibu, north of Malibu. Wow, and it is the only mm. time during the series that they have filmed outside of New Mexico.
2: Wow, wow! Yeah. Surprised they actually filmed on location. Kind of cool. Yeah,
3: had to have that location. Had to have that spot, huh?
2: Oh, well, I mean, they had to it have was, beach.
1: It was beautiful. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah had to
2: have and beach somewhere. Did you get yeah. any, any info on the music? Because I did. I did not. Well, <clears <clears throat> 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 so the music <laughs> is mazurka in the style of Chopin. And it's played by Leslie Howard. A little info on what a mazurka is. It's basically Chopin kind of coined this term. It's basically Polish folk music or Polish peasant dance music, but refined for the age. So that kind of puts a shine on maybe some characters It kind of came from nothing and tried to become something.
1: Um, Leslie Howard is in the actor, Leslie Howard. Yes, maybe leslie howard played ashley wilkes in gone with the wind if i remember correctly he was actually a spy during world war ii for the british and i I believe he was killed like an
2: actual spy yeah Mm. Yeah. that's also interesting and sad possibly if there's foreshadowing (laughs) okay so next factoid there's only one more these were mostly upbeat major scale type music and they were made to go on ad infinitum meaning like, they were meant to be played continuously. You could keep playing them and playing and playing them or to fade out. So, mm-hmm. that, so, like, when you hear that within the context of, basically, Howard's Requiem, in a sense, it was major, it was upbeat. Kind of like the way I saw Nacho's opening sequence with the flower and the glass and all that stuff. I felt like it was more beautiful, beauty in the desert sort of situation. So, I felt like Howard sort of, like, like the show gave Howard that beautiful send-off or something like that. I don't know if you feel the same way.
0: It's interesting that you say that, Dave, because I was just talking to Travis the other day and he had said something about we're listening to some song And it was like it faded at the end and you know he's been a musician for many years and he was like when they do that when they fade out a song like that a lot of the time it means that they didn't ever really kind of write like an ending to it like they don't have like a firm ending it's like so that's interesting that you say that because it makes me think like Howard didn't get an ending
2: right not at least in the public view right yeah like they'll never find the body, etc. So if you want to go mm-hmm. that way, mm-hmm. so interesting, interesting choice and, of music.
3: And this lie, this lie that, that Jimmy and Kim have been telling is going to end up being the truth. it's gonna
1: go on forever they can yeah i think that Mm -hmm. to me was the saddest part of the whole thing was they can never ever make it right now they have to live with it forever they can't they can't ever rid themselves of it it's always going to be there
2: yeah i don't know why that makes me think of the fridge by the way in a sense like okay as he was emptying out the fridge i'm like noticing like okay they look like jimmy and kim but they're forever the insides are all on the outside like in terms of like their soul or whatever it is that they are like so on the outside they're supposed to go to work and pretend like everything's normal right but they have they're never going to be same
1: i mean how do you go back Mm. to that apartment and live in that apartment again how do you go to work like like it
3: didn't happen
1: so one of the things somebody said in the in the uh podcast i was listening to was mike told jimmy to just paste a smile on and go back to work and and he can do that but this it's never going to come off again he's going to paste that face on and it's going to stay there for forever That's that's Saul. He's going to paste that Saul face on and it's just never going to come off again.
2: Kind of like the promos, right? With his face kind of like one way with with the the mask of Saul. The mask,
1: yeah. One thing I noticed was Mike said that Kim was made of sterner stuff but mm-hmm. it was Jimmy who had the presence of mind to come up with the story to get Kim out of there and it was you know Jimmy was the one who who was kept his head together i mean Kim was so distraught she he had Lalo had reminded her to put her shoes on but Jimmy had the presence of mind to formulate a whole story and and come up with all the reasoning
3: i was so confused when he did that too honestly i'm like cuz i'm thinking okay whoever shows up to Gus's house is is going to get shot because it's under surveillance like they're going to see someone Walking up there, they're gonna see the gun, and they're gonna like take down whoever it is trying to kill Gus. So I'm like terrified. I'm, like, why would you send Kim to do that? Until you know, and then I realize it's to get her away from Lalo. And I'm like, holy shit! Like, I wasn't even my brain didn't even go like get her away from Lalo. I'm just like, don't send her anywhere. Like, I, yeah, I was very confused. So yeah, Jimmy had his head on straight, so that's good.
2: I mean, do you think that he sent Kim out as a means for the best chance of both of them surviving? I'm kind of curious. No, I think it was- he sent
1: her out because he wanted. Her to survive. He mm-hmm. didn't want her to go do it, what Lalo said. He wanted her to fucking run and just leave him. Yeah, like, it was w- self sacrifice. Like, self-sacrifice. like yeah. you know, we we talked a lot in our in our podcast about does do Jimmy and Kim really love each other? And I. have I think this episode proves that yes, they do. Because Kim, mm-hmm. if she didn't love Jimmy, she could have easily split the fuck out of there and left him, but she didn't. Right.
2: Told the cops, sped away, right. done whatever. And I mean, she didn't know. She didn't know that, that
1: Lalo had left right after she did. She thought he was still there getting ready to off Jimmy. So, I mean, she. I would say yes, Kim Kim definitely loves Jimmy.
2: So we established that Jimmy sends her away, technically, just to do whatever. Just get the hell away, because I should be the one near Lalo, Because and this is the question. Do you think that... Jimmy knows this is like Lalo wants to kill somebody or Lala wants to kill him. Technically. Is that Jimmy? what he was sent there to do? Like is does, does Jimmy know that Lala wants to end him period? It's, there's just no way out.
1: No, I don't. I don't think he feels that way at all. I think he's just saying this is how I keep Kim safe, regardless of what's going to happen to me. Maybe Lalo wants to kill me. Maybe he doesn't. But either way, I'm getting Kim out of here. Mm. Um, okay. Because I never, I never got the sense that Lalo wanted to kill. That Lalo wanted to kill either one of them because he could have fucking done it immediately. I, I, I just felt like something was up with what he was having them do. Why would he send two untrained, unequipped people to go take out his nemesis? Like he had to know that was not it was not gonna work. So immediately I was I was thinking this has to be it's something else. Right. Yeah, it has to be something else. Which is why, I, and I really wasn't worried when when Kim went up to the house. A, I knew Mike was probably there, and they're not just gonna let somebody walk up to the door and start shooting. Like, I mean, I, I was like, some, they're gonna stop her. They're not. It's it's not gonna go down like that. So the whole time I felt like something was something was up, but I just couldn't figure. I didn't figure it out until it actually happened. But I, I mean, like I was never really worried about Kim going up to the door or anything like that. We know we know that that Gus isn't going to answer the fucking door there Mm -hmm. you know So I know like like there's no way Mike Mike knows who she is. He's not gonna let anybody like just come up and shoot her or grab her or kill her or anything like that. Like But there's all those
2: other guys and we don't know what happens to Kim. But
1: those guys were professional too. Like they're not just random Mm. dudes that Mike picked up off the street or you know, like fucking low level drug dealers. I mean these guys are professionals. And I'm sure it would be way more dangerous for them to have a dead blonde lady on their front doorstep than to you know what I mean? Like, oh let's just kill this lady that came up to the door like there's no way that was gonna happen
0: plus some of those guys did follow kim for a while that's true so Mm -hmm. oh yeah uh, you gotta imagine they were on a rotation so Mm -hmm. a lot of them probably knew who she was
2: all of that went out the window the second we came, we came back and started the episode. They did a really good job of keeping you in their mindset. Like, this just happened. You're barely hearing, hearing Lalo at the beginning, whereas you heard him at the end of the last episode. So you kind of, there is a little bit of overlap. Then when Kim gets in the car and there's this outer, uh, otherworldly it haunts my dreams this music and then all the way and then it the music does change as she changes as she walks to the door but it's still that like ominous like you don't Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen next says the music and like so jangly music yeah and so like in my head i'm like i know all the facts that you're saying right now sharon d but in my like the pit of my soul it's going. I don't know what's going to happen next, and I don't like it. So, like that—that's where I was at. I was like, I don't—I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe she doesn't get killed, but there is there are things worse than death. Okay, says the music.
1: I, I mean, I, I just feel like um, after the death of Nacho and the death of Howard, that there—they weren't gonna take out another main character right away either you know like Uh,
2: famous last words i do have the benefit (laughs) of
1: only i did i did have the benefit of only half-ass watching it the first time because it took us two and a half hours
2: mm Oh, okay. so like
1: I kind of knew. Okay. I go when I actually watched it, I had a much better grasp on it.
2: <laughs> you're like, what is it? What's going on? Oh, she's okay. She's all we're, right. Cool. Meanwhile, like, M- you know, I'm like, start, I'm like shitting my pants watching this thing straight through without stopping. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, you're nowhere near where I am. what's
1: going on, and then like 15 minutes later, we'd be like, oh shit, we just missed all of that. What it.
2: Yep, <laughs> ice cream. Let's get ice cream.
1: What? <laughs> uh, anyway. Let's go to bed. Let's get this over early because we have to get up really early at like 5 30 and at 12 30 we're still trying to watch the fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Meanwhile gosh. Dave is crying. <laughs> okay. So in the scene where Kim goes to Gus's house, that is an exact Call back to when Walter White goes to Gus's house to kill him. Ooh. She parks in the same spot. They use the same overhead shot. This was confirmed in the Insider podcast. In that <laughs> episode, Walter was on his way to kill Gus, but he got a phone call that stopped him. But and then this one, Kim is going to kill Gus, but it's Mike that stops so it. May, and it might have been Mike on the phone in in the Ooh. episode where they stopped Walt.
2: Ooh, yeah, that's
3: great. That'd be even, that'd be even
2: better. Yeah. yeah. Bonus fact: the scene of Kim raising the gun to shoot and kill the latter meaning uh gus i guess is also reminiscent of jesse's reaction to kill gail as well although kim wasn't as hesitant no Kim,
1: she was gonna do it she didn't want to but she had that gun out she was gonna pull that that trigger like she was gonna save jimmy
0: Or she to was gonna kill right. that Gus look like? <laughs> I love it. Right? She's like, I'm here to kill him. And you're like, but, no, you're not. But, <laughs> by the way, on
2: on further inspection up close, yeah, he does kind of look like it. Mm-hmm. Well, the
1: description that that she was given, he matched the mm-hmm. description right. perfectly. So, yeah.
2: like he, like even in demeanor, he kind of looked at her like, hmm, I'm Gus Spring, <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, like. Okay. <laughs> The chair that Jimmy is tied to is the same chair that Kim used to block the door a few episodes ago when she was afraid of Lalo. Nice. Mm. The first scenes with Jimmy and Kim together are the scenes where Bob Odenkirk had his heart attack.
2: Yeah, I read that too. I was
3: wondering. I had read something, but I didn't know which scene. Okay, I should mark these
2: trivia facts off from the wiki because you're you're nailing it, Sherry.
1: So whenever they were talking about who was on set when Bob had his heart attack, they would say Ray and and Patrick, Fabian. Nobody ever mentioned Tony Dalton. He was there too, but they didn't want anybody to know that they were filming scenes with Ray, Bob, Patrick, and Tony all together in the same room. Mm -hmm. So it never came out that Tony Dalton was a part of that.
2: Smart. So smart. Wow.
3: What an incredible secret to keep. They did a good job. Good job, guys. Right.
2: Except for that one photo. (laughs) Patrick Fabian's <laughs> red hair
3: well, that nobody yeah. thought
2: of, nobody saw. But
3: but that was so, it, it really could have been anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the way that if you really looked at the picture, it almost looked like lettering, the red was almost like part of the lettering on the wall behind him. And
2: One more fact about the chair... It says here jimmy coll- so, by the way i'm reading this all from the uh, breaking Bad wiki so it says jimmy collapses sideways on the ground whilst tied up in his chair crying in shock and grief upon facing howard's corpse he did this in a similar fashion to how gus walt and jesse reacted to their respective losses of max uh, arsenega hank schrader and andrea cantillo mm. interesting
1: when jimmy says it wasn't me it was ignacio that of course is a direct echo of the line he says uh in breaking bad it wasn't me it was ignacio mm-hmm. which okay so now we know lalo has been dead for two and a half three years something like that it's been a while but Jimmy is still terrified of him. It is a shadow he still is carrying over his head. He is terrified of Lalo, even though Lalo's been dead for three years. When they went to write this, of course, they reverse engineered the story to fit that throwaway line that nobody thought anything about. I was listening to them on the Insider podcast, and Vince Gilligan was like, We didn't know even know Saul Goodman was gonna be an important character at this time. You know, he was, he had just been introduced. Cause Lalo, what a character Lalo was. Like a terrifying, terrifying but so charming so charming
0: so
2: so good looking right (laughs) Uh, he is the peasant dance refined hello
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean even the little laugh as he's dying he smiles and laughs and that is just the most lalo Perfect. thing ever it was just a, yeah it was the most Lalo thing ever
2: yes. I wanted to talk yeah. about that actually that because that haunted me watching him and like he's smiling spitting up blood and then all of a sudden he smiles and laughs and then I was thinking what is what is going on through his mind because throughout this series you're kind of wondering what his motivation is now I want to stand up and say I was wrong about him power grabbing. It's the exact opposite. I don't think he does this for prestige. I don't think he does this for trying to climb the ladder. When he laughed, and maybe you guys can tell me what you think. I saw a man who did all of this because it was kind of like Jimmy and and Kim, because he thought it was fun. He likes hunting people down. He needs, he wants the excuse. And so when I saw him laugh, I'm like, he's like telling Fring, nice play, nice play.
1: I thought it was more like... um. I was right. I may be dead, but I was right about everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he was—he was, he was mm-hmm. able to find out that he was right about everything before he died.
0: Yeah, I kind of felt like it was—it was that, and like a, like a little like this. So this is how it ends. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think Gus—I can find humor in that. That Gus right. is the one who took me out. Like he did finally win in this battle between the two of us.
3: Such a lala way to die. I think so, Gus mm-hmm. meant every word he said about Eladio too. Saying all of that, yeah, so he good. meant every word of it.
1: Why do you think? Lalo let Gus keep talking instead of just shooting him.
3: Well, I think at that point, Lalo thought he had the upper hand. He didn't see how Gus was going to get out of this. So he was going to let Gus just keep talking out of his ass because in Lalo's mind, Don Eladio is going to see all of this.
2: Right. Which is a continuation of a comment you had, Sharon, in the last episode. Everybody thinks it's going their way until, holy shit, so it doesn't. not. Right.
3: Right. And I think Lalo could find irony in that, too. Maybe that's why he's smiling. Like, you, you, you stinker, stinker. You, got, you got me.
1: He's getting ready to kill an, an earner, right? Someone who brings yeah. a lot of money into... I feel like uh, Eladio and Balsa would have been like, ah, oh, whatever, you're bringing money and We don't give a fuck what you're doing, you know? So he, if he's going to take out somebody who's bringing that much money, he needs to have all of the... Excuses and and evidence that he had that he could have so if he has Gus cussing out Eladio and calling him a fat, greasy, bloated pig. It's going to just <laughs> make him look, it's just going to make him look a little better in, in yeah. the end.
2: Yeah. And that's specifically why, like all of that together led me to the conclusion that I had about Lalo is that he just, the veneer is charming, but inside he's like unabridled id. He just needs an excuse and he loves doing it. He loves killing. He, lo- he just needs somebody but, to point him in the right direction. He
1: doesn't, he doesn't kill just to kill though because no. if that was the case he would have killed marguerite he could have killed the dog you know mm-hmm. there's there's lots of people he could have just taken out if he just wanted to kill so i mean i'm not saying it, i I think he enjoys it maybe it's not so much that he enjoys it or he just it's just something he does like he doesn't get any He's he doesn't want to kill or, sure. he doesn't want to kill but if he has to fine well,
2: i guess that's why i compared to jimmy and kim because it's kind of like well you can't con everybody it's got to be special <laughs> you gotta have there's gotta be ceremony to it you know what i mean like okay there's got to be a setup, and then you, you crack the ball, you know, like with your bat. You got to have a pitch. <laughs> you still um, start whacking at the catcher.
1: <laughs> did, did anybody notice that uh, Lyle was singing the Polos Hermanos, the Polos Hermanos song? <laughs> Yes. Yes.
3: beautifully beautifully yes. too by the way it was way. great yeah what a bright oh, yeah. t-
1: bright spot in this <laughs> episode. Uh-huh. which of course is is how lalo remember what thought lalo about jimmy. calls jimmy yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so i don't know if, if you guys know who the actor dave thomas is he's a comedian lyle oh, is that's his, the guy who owns like...
0: Wend- wendy's
1: yeah right <laughs> <you pretty> sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we have the original so, wendy right here oh it, <laughs> you dirty it rat it's that Lyle would be in fast food. I uh, know the, um, the actor that plays Lyle is Dave Thomas's son. I just thought that was
2: that, that was is it. wild. Oh, wow. oh my okay. god! Oh wow. wait. So on that note, I was wondering something, and maybe you can clear me up on something because I was wondering. Obviously, in Breaking Bad, Los Pollos Hermanos is a chain of, sto- of restaurants, mm-hmm. right? But it didn't occur to me until this episode that I think in the Better Call Saul universe, Los Pollos Hermanos is just the one location. I, I think
1: so, I think so too. It wasn't I mean, until this
2: episode where it kind of made right. sense the store, you know? Well, right? except
1: he had he had another store because he blew one up, remember? Right, so maybe right, he right, had right, to have right. at least a couple, a couple of them. But I don't think it's, as, it's obviously not as big of a chain as it is in Breaking Bad.
2: Right. Yeah. It's, it's not as much of an enterprise and then it grows up into franchises and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Well, because he has all that sweet, sweet <laughs> math lab money coming in. <laughs> that
3: math money coming in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In the beginning of the episode, Lalo made Kim and Jimmy sit down so he can tell them what they're gonna do and then at the end Mike sits them down so he can tell them what they're gonna tell them what they're gonna do Mm. I just thought that was an interesting little um parallel
2: doesn't like Saul Goodman sort of do that during Breaking Bad with Walt in some instances I think so right I'm, I'm like now it's sort of like I can't remember exactly what but it's kind of similar it's been a
3: long time since I've watched Breaking yeah. Bad I kind, of binge, I kind of binged it and that was a few years ago
2: mm. I'm faintly recalling Saul telling Walter what to do like okay here's what you're gonna do blah 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 and then he says stuff
1: that sounds like... Right. Know, familiar. Um, Mike
2: comes to clean
1: up after Jane's death, which is also mm-hmm. very much a parallel to um, Jimmy and Kim.
3: That was um, Aaron she, Paul's
2: Jane, girlfriend, Jesse's I, girlfriend, Kristen Ritter. Mm-hmm. Who dies in her own vomit, right? Choking on her own vomit.
0: The mm-hmm. one thing that I really wanted to talk about is the... is I think is the most obvious thing, but it's the lab, is now... <sighs> The tomb, essentially, for Lalo and, unfortunately, Howard, which was that was really sad. The scene in which Mike is kind of like closing everything out, just I don't know, it made me feel really sad because it's like spoiler alert. If anyone hasn't watched Breaking Bad, I don't know why you're <laughs> listening to this podcast. If you haven't, you're an idiot. But um, you. no, you're not listening to
2: the podcast more. <laughs> I mean, listen to it while I
0: berate <laughs> you, you
1: uh,
0: idiot. You absolute moron. Okay, we're no so, this. <laughs> so Mike and up dying and there he is in the yeah. lab and the lab ends up exploding and tyrus is gonna mm-hmm. die also in El you know Camino was so it, it's like or? all of yeah. this like death is just like looming in this lab <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's it's just hard it's just hard to watch.
1: Tomb. One of the showrunners said after this episode, you would never look at Breaking Bad the same way again. It would it would change the way you see Breaking Bad. And it's true because now every time you think of the lab, you're going to think about Howard and Lalo being buried underneath, which Lalo, uh, yeah, whatever. But thinking about Howard being buried under there is, is like, it's like a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also props to the makeup department for making them look so dead. Dude, seriously.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good job, guys. Good job. That was, ew. That was so gross and awesome.
2: It makes me think that Lalo haunts the damn lab. You know what, I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh. Like a ghost, like a like a phantasm well, sort of the situation.
3: the oh. fly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, do I that.
0: love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so this episode was 50 50 minutes and 50 seconds and that made me immediately think of oh that's funny because you know we're midway into the final season 50 50 it's kind 50/50. of interesting because oh leave it to them to like literally go on the nose with 50 minutes and 50 seconds to kind of fuck with you like oh, I oh halfway, they would
1: do it too halfway through <laughs> the end guys oh sorry <laughs> five episodes left guys
2: before Lalo <laughs> digs into Jimmy and he says, "Hey, you're part you're part of this. You're the one who helped Ignacio, hell, you know, whatever." He calls him a chichifo. Chi chichifo mm-hmm. is a male prostitute. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he, it's kind of like a wind-up before the pitch. Like if you knew what that meant, it's like, "Oh, he's going to But that does that sound like something Saul Goodman would do? Is Saul Goodman a chichifo? In a sense, yeah. like he kind of uh... is. He would he would play both sides of the aisle just for money because it it, it stuck with me it was like oh but is he wrong though is lalo wrong technically maybe not yet but he would be right so he's not a bad judge of character at the at the end of the day
1: Mm -hmm. i mean the thing is the thing is lalo is a is a genius yeah i mean he really is we have we have three geniuses across the universe we got gus lalo and walter gus bests lalo and walter bests yes, gus. Gus. yeah
2: yeah
0: and the lesson we take from that is that it's good to be stupid
1: y'all yeah just be stupid yeah i mean and everything I will mean, be jesse different. jesse is the one that survived right
3: right just be stupid uh, be dumb. Be dumb and no one will try to live kill you dumb. <laughs>
1: to,
2: to quote the poet science bitch science, <laughs> yeah, science bitch <laughs> <laughs>
0: So um, it looks like, and I, I don't know if this is 100% true, but it looks like the next episode is called Fun and Games. Mm. Ew. So I hope it takes place at a carnival.
3: I feel like that's like going to be sarcastic.
0: Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's a very exactly sarcastic title. Yeah
3: no they go for a Ooh, fun game of laser tag
2: and it's a yes. church carnival and it's all for laser charity tag.
3: just what they want to do shoot guns at each other yes
2: uh, <laughs> sponsored by los boyos hermanos laser tag has a danny so they can launder their money <laughs> launder their sandpiper money You know what that makes me think of, though? Okay, so remember when you were saying how Mike sits them down is is just like when Lalo sits them down and Kim and Jimmy are like all morose and shock and and all that stuff? I had this really wild thought because the season has done a good job of showing us mirrors of things, right? So when Mike was sitting Jim and Kimmy down not instantly but on my second watch today I thought of when Jim Jimmy and Kim were like sitting down the kettlemans and you as the watcher are kind of looking at the kettlemans are like what the f-? you were obviously in the wrong you were cheating these people out of it but then I thought Mike is literally setting setting them down and they're the kettlemans right now like you obviously influenced how this is gonna play out like but obviously they're not the kettlemans they feel morose they're not pretending like nothing happened. No, we're the heroes of our own story. No, they're not. But I just thought that was a great mirror of like how the season shows mm. what the other side looks like. Oh, they're these are supposed to be your heroes, right? Ooh. You know? The
0: Kettleman's are the heroes of the entire show.
2: Right, if it was, <laughs> was written by them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I also, okay, before we're done, I have to say the real reason Gus killed Lalo is because he got his shirt dirty. <laughs> That's <laughs>
3: exactly. I saw that and I'm
2: like... The only time he showed anger in his face was when he was face down in the dirt. He was like, Oh, I just pressed this shirt. And it did look so nicely pressed.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I loved it. I loved that he just got shot in the chest, and even though, even though he's got a bulletproof vest on, and he still takes the time to unbutton his shirt instead of just ripping the shit open and like oh. popping the buttons off, he's like meticulously unbuttoning each button. I would have been like, <laughs> "Right, like, oh. you're not
3: gonna wear that shirt again, I right?" Mean, you, so got, just you
1: have more shirts, you know, just yeah. rip them off. <laughs> a
0: it's
2: sturdy.
3: It's got a bullet hole in it. It's like... <laughs> But you know what? You are not That's, wearing that again. That says so
2: much about his character, right? Like the only time he lets loose. And I thought that might have been another reason why Lalo kind of laughs a little bit is because like even throughout all this, you barely Hulk out. You know what I mean? Like the only time you Hulk out is when you're shooting me until the gun goes click, right? Which is exactly what Kim was told to do. Shoot him until the gun goes click. You know, till there's no bump bullets left, and even still, he just maintains his demeanor for the most part. I like that. I fucking love that. Don't let loose.
1: One of the interesting things they talked about in the Insider podcast was the shootout. They did not use any extra light. The only light used in that scene was the actual blanks being fired from the gun.
0: Wow, <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. That is really yeah. cool.
2: Oh god, and then and then when the when the camera's white balance kind of when it tries to focus on the camera view screen, like it. It's like your eyes adjusting to the light, right? You're, he's kind of like his vision's a little blurry, and then it focuses on the camera, the view screen, and you're like, "Oh, that, that's the light that's in the room." And then he's fumbling around the dark for the light, and that, that's like us—we're so confused. <laughs> did you think for an instance that, for an instant that maybe Fring didn't get him, like just for a, like a moment, you're like, "Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know."
0: I did because I—I did didn't too. hear anything, and then I thought mm-hmm. maybe he'd turn on the light and be like, "Got you, bitch!" I'm like, would-
3: <laughs> "I was waiting." <laughs> (laughs) I was listening for like a clip release and a mag reload and I'm like, I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: You're exactly where Fring is at. Oh Mm -hmm. so good. So
1: good. We should also congratulate all of the actors and everybody involved who was nominated.
2: For the uh, Emmys, for the
1: Emmys, yes, and,
2: and Tom Schnauz as Finally, well. Finally, Ray. Yeah, Tom oh, Schnauz was.
1: Schnauz. Oh, yeah, nice. it was I new. found that yep. out last
2: minute. Yeah. So Ray, Seahorn, Bob Odenkirk, Tom Schnauz. Oh, there's somebody else too. But the show also, as a show, I think was also nominated. Too, yeah, the right? show
1: was nominated. Here's an interesting tidbit: they have never been nominated for cinematography.
2: <laughs> right? That's insane. What?
1: how they had never <laughs> been nominated that's for cinematography
3: insane oh <laughs> but, my gosh breaking it's bad
1: was so though, right beautiful i'm not sure i just i was just i just know about uh that's ridiculous sure mm. that's ridiculous that is. wow i'm just glad that's Ray dumb, got nominated. That's I'm just dumb glad and the emmys are Ray stupid got nominated. <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> i mean really yeah. they are like like award shows and shit are stupid but it it is a sign of respect like show ray some fucking respect because she it deserves is. a damn
2: nomination well, if
0: she doesn't win then i will go back to my stance that it is you done. probably
2: will still go back to your stance yeah i will I, it's, it's so
0: stupid i'm just mad because i don't have one for literally doing nothing <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God!
0: Who the fuck is money
1: at me
2: particularly Rachel, okay, you know those singing shows because I because I, I, I single you out because you sing and whatever like whenever like the voice comes on <laughs> or like, uh, what are those other uh, singing shows, whatever it is, I always like fold my arms and go, this is bullshit <laughs> so like <laughs> I mean, you know, after so many years like trying to be a singer songwriter, and this is not gonna make yeah. the show but you <laughs> but you're like it's just a racket they they only let the pretty ones win and all that Ugh. i
0: feel that but i yeah. do that with like everything like some, <laughs> someone has like a cool job and i'm like that's dumb i could do that <laughs> like, they like spent like years like refining their skills and i'm just like no i, I could, could, do do yeah. could do it yeah because i'm a child better
2: <laughs> i write i write the show
3: oh
2: my gosh (laughs) okay so we're probably about to end right right now right okay so let's let's just go through the list of things that might or might not get edited out that were tidbits because i think this is kind of cool so as of this episode mike Ermintrout is the only other main character aside from jimmy to deal with all the main characters from the series whether alive or dead as in howard's case Mm. interesting Mm -hmm. interesting okay Lalo Salamanca is killed by Gus during a gunfight with the gun that he had hidden in the super lab in black and blue, as we know. This leaves Kim Wexler as the current and only remaining main character whose fate is unknown by the beginning of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. Felt like we should mention that to make people shit their pants.
1: I feel like anybody who's watching this already knows
2: that. Yeah, but it's also good to state (laughs) the obvious so that I can be the asshole.
3: <laughs> just dig that knife in a little deeper so
2: you know as we've we- got all these viewers who like
0: haven't watched Breaking Bad for some reason <laughs>
3: but are watching
0: <laughs> Yes,
2: yeah. Fucking idiots. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so this is something we sort of also mentioned this episode as the fourth not to use the traditional end credit theme composed by Dave Porter, opting to use another dramatic piece of music to accompany the somber tone of the ending, marking the death of another main character towards the end of the episode. The first few episodes to use this device were a lantern, rock in a hard place, and plan and execution following Chuck, Nacho, and Howard's respective demises. Cool. Howard and Lalo both buried together in a hidden hole by mike's men unceremoniously similar to how jack's men unceremoniously buried hank and gomez in an unmarked grave together in ozymandias interesting gus's final exchange with lalo echoes in parallels nacho's final exchange with gus in rock in a hard place nacho is killed after expressing hatred for the salamancas while gus survives interesting mirror that's it we basically banged on half of these during our podcast so credit to sharing for the most part
0: don't doubt this bitch she's got it
2: yeah that was it's just when i looked at this list i was like that's a lot of parallels and mirrors for this kind of episode
0: this lady just she just knows
2: she watched the podcast better
3: than our a game (laughs) yeah exactly
2: (laughs) her c game is better than our a minus game (laughs) yeah i did cheat this week and go
1: to some podcasts so i can't really take a lot of credit
3: well, you know, we've always... Shh. David, cut we, that part out.
2: We've always <laughs> credited ourselves as more of like, <laughs> a, in some ways, as more of an aggregate. Look, even I looked up the whole Mazurka thing. You know, like, we all find these facts, even if they're not directly related to the show.
1: Normally, I'm I'm much more focused. But I, like I said, it's just... This was the worst weekend in the world for the show to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Literally.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, don't most people plan things around me in my life? Well, yeah, right. it's the 4th
2: of fucking July. Wait a minute. Right? Right? You, know yeah, who, often. you know who you know who we ought to blame it's bridget you know why why because she writes this show i
0: do she's a baby I write. I write every show that we watch. It's so weird.
2: So uh, send all hate mail. That's to... why I need
0: a fucking Emmy. That's right. <laughs> right. Give this woman an Emmy.
2: Was it for your consideration? <laughs> <laughs> ko ficom slash Punky Brewster. B r u i s e t e r. I have to say that for the. Cruising contest. for a bruising. Punk? Punk.
3: I like. I seriously was like, wait, those were the wrong letters.
0: <laughs> nope, I forgot to change it for this. <laughs>
2: oh, you did! That's right. I did. Oh.
0: Whoops! Oh god! Look, I'm just yeah, starting right. out, guys. I'm not very good at this yet. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. She writes um, the show. It's not that great.
0: Right. I'm so busy writing all these shows. I don't have time to deal with my YouTube channel.
2: Right. She doesn't even make the awards show. She's so busy.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm just a seat warmer.
2: <laughs> you know what's so sad about that? You're not really eating I'm not even. <laughs> and you're still bitter. It's like, oh, I should
0: be. <laughs> I can warm a seat just as good as anybody else.
2: It's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And with that everyone, we've been your hosts, uh, Sharon Sharon a.k.a. Blaze Gardner, Cosmom Zero and I Rachel Burke, and Bridget, ko com slash punky that's P-O-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-T-E-T-E-R. And I've also been in the shadows, David Cabio from the squ- from Squawking Dead. You know, I'm here. And uh, if you like what you heard, head over, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and plant is only we need to know that you love us, but tell us what you like, tell us what you didn't like, but tell us after every episode. Do you like Better Call Saul? Well, do you like us? Well, let, let the people know, God damn it. And if you really like what we're doing and you want to be a part of these breakdowns, lending some of your insights and thoughts and things while we record to laugh when there's reason to laugh head over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead create a free ko-fi.com account and just follow us there you don't have to buy us coffee you don't have to join a membership tier all you gotta do is follow so you know when we record you know when we drop our unedited episode recordings and if you really like what we're doing do those things 30 days of support back content if you tip us and if you join a membership tier for a little is a little a dollar the party keeps on rolling the Baby. Do, do your best baby voice, Charndy. No.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's never been a baby. Wah.
2: We'll see you for the next round. That was story. Gonna, that,
3: that was, was going to be my baby voice. We <laughs> I-
2: love you. <laughs> Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Better Squawk Saul, our coverage of Better Call Saul's sixth and final season. I've been your host, David camion and I was joined by Cosmom09 Rachel Burt, Sharon D. A.K.A. Blazy Gardner, and Survivor's tier member, Bridget. Kofi.com slash punky Brewster. That's K-O-F-I dot com slash P-U-N-K-Y B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. If you like what you heard, head over to thispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Leave us five stars and an eggplant to let us know that you love us, but we're going to need a little bit more than that from you guys because Better Call Saul that's a new thing for us we want to know what you liked what you didn't like whether we should just stick to the Walking Dead universe or if you want much more of this to come use it as a means to communicate your desires after every episode and if you leave your social media accounts we will tag you when we post this review on social media and if you really really want to be involved in how these episodes shape out you want to support the podcast all you need to do is create a free account on ko-fi.com and follow us at ko-fi fi.com slash dead you don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of supporter back content which includes the ability to download our unedited episode recordings or stream them you don't have to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month which includes discord access as well as a whole host of baseline perks all you got to do is follow us it lets you know when we record when we drop our unedited episode recordings and when we think of a new idea that we want your feedback on it's the only place we post these things we don't post these things on social media and speaking of membership tiers, we'd like to thank both our Survivors and Whispers tier members in that order. Among them include, of course, Bridget, Kofi.com, slash, Punky Brewster, that's KO-FI.com, slash, P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R, who joined in these episode breakdowns, as well as, at, jones 71 on Instagram, and, at JonesAJ6 on Twitter, Jasmine, at Jasmine.IAC on Instagram, and of course, FanArtLindy, KO-FI.com, dot com slash fanart and let's not forget our whispers tier members who include of course at aiden underscore atkin underscore on instagram and at Aiden the raven on twitter at Rita's fan 2 on instagram and twitter at j13vorhees on instagram and twitter at sandy.d.morrison on facebook at frostedangel67 on twitter at tyler philip cox on instagram and twitter and of course at judith.morton on instagram i'd like to thank you very much for making it to the very end of this podcast and for always listening to Squawking Dead. We hope you're enjoying this, and we'll see you in the next one.